This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Christians are being persecuted all around the world, third world countries, because of the faith of Jesus Christ. And none of them compromise, and none of them, none of them give in. They're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're willing to die for Jesus. Here, Paul doesn't care about prison. He doesn't care about the penalties if he's going to be judged to, you know, falsely accused, and they're going to follow those laws, and, and they're going to kill him. Paul doesn't care. He's sharing the gospel to the man that really can judge, his, could give him the freedom or not. The Apostle Paul was a man with a singular mission, to preach the gospel. Paul was so committed to his calling that he considered his life nothing. In today's message, Pastor Eddie reminds us that there are many Christians worldwide that continue to fulfill the Great Commission at great personal risk. In fact, many of God's people give their very lives to tell others about the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie with today's edition of Running the Race. the leaders that are with Tertullius and the high priest Ananias were all Pharisees because they believed in the resurrection of the dead. And Paul is saying, I believe. Here Paul says that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. What is that telling you? That's telling you there's only a physical death. There's only a physical death. What happens after a physical death? Well, the just the resurrection of the just, of those who would, who would be internally in heaven with the Lord because they believe Jesus Christ. And only through Jesus Christ. No other religion, only Jesus. I know this world is, is, is big into pluralism. All, all roads lead to heaven. doesn't make sense, logically. All roads do not lead to heaven. All religions doesn't have the truth. The truth is only one truth. They all can't be true. You can't say, hey, Eddie, you know what? Here's logically how it doesn't make sense. If you say, oh, you know, uh, you say, hey, Eddie, uh, can I, uh, give me a number so I give you a call. Oh, just dial any seven numbers, you'll reach me. One number off, you're not going to reach me. The same thing if you put my address on your GPS, if I give you the wrong address, you're not going to find it. I mean, even you put the right address in the GPS nowadays, you can't find it, right? <laughs> you let alone the wrong one, right? So see, logically, it doesn't make sense. Not all roads lead to heaven. That's pluralism. And the enemy wants to deceive you. But for the just that die, there is a resurrection, and that's eternal life through Jesus Christ. For the unjust, there's, yeah, you would die physically, and then you would die eternally, your spirit. There's a spirit. There's another part to you. It's called the spirit, your soul. And there's no between grounds. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. That's the truth. There's no between grounds. Oh, I'm just going to hang around here. I know I deserve, don't deserve to go to heaven, and I don't want to go to hell. So can I just hang out here? No, there's no between grounds. It's either heaven or hell. Resurrection, you're going to be resurrected either to be in heaven eternally with God or resurrected to go into eternal damnation. And so he's pointing this out here. Yeah, we believe in that. The Sadducees don't believe in that. 
Verse 16, this being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and man. I have a clean conscience, a clear conscience without offending God or man. I stand before you with a clean conscience. I am doing nothing wrong, and they have no proof for it. The only one thing I confess that they say is true, I am of the way. I am of the way. And so Paul says these things I'm guilty of. I'm a follower of the way. I believe in the scriptures. I am waiting for the resurrection. I have a clean conscience towards God and man. Verse 17. Now, after many years, he he continues to say, I came to bring alms and offering to my nation. That's exactly what he did. After many years of ministry out in Asia Minor, the churches were being built. uh, Gentiles were coming to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He gathers up alms and love offering for the church that's hurting there in Jerusalem. That's why he came came to worship, and he came with money. Now, if anything Felix is going to remember, he's a crooked governor. He's going to remember this. Money, ching-ching, you know, his eyes, you know, dollar signs. You bring money? That's all you We're going to see how that's going to play later on. Verse 17, now after many years, I've came to bring alms and offering in my nation. Verse 18, in the midst of which some Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with a mob nor with a tumult. They ought to have been here before you to object if they have anything against me. In other words, where are those guys? I was in a temple. Be purified. Minding my business until some Jews from Asia, Asia Minor, saw me and interrupted my worship. That's all I was doing. Now, those guys that started the riot, those guys that yelled out, kill him, help me, help me kill him. That's what they cried out. Where are those guys? Those are the ones that should be here. They weren't here. They weren't there. Tertullus wasn't there. The high priest wasn't there. The Pharisees weren't there. Everyone that stood before Felix, neither one of them was there. Where are my accusers? Where are my accusers? This is all hearsay. Even in court today, that's hearsay. The person that actually was spoken to and spoke those words need to be here. It's all hearsay. Even if it's in a letter, hearsay in a court of law today. Where are the people who actually witnessed you committing the crime? Those are the people that need to stand before any judge. And so Paul, you know, he, Paul is not dumb. Paul is a smart guy. And, you know, let me tell you something. The more you follow God, whose God is wisdom. You know, God didn't create wisdom. He is wisdom, Proverbs tells us. You know, when you study the word of God, let me tell you. You know, you, you, you get wise and you get smart. Trust me. Paul is a very smart man anyway because he studied. He was a scholar before his conversion. And now he sees Jesus in the scriptures. He becomes even all the more wiser. But Paul knows the law. He even knows the Jewish law. Let's put Rome aside. In Deuteronomy, way before any of these men were born, we're talking about generations. You know, we're talking about in the Old Testament from the very beginning. In Deuteronomy, the law required every accusation to be verified by two or three witnesses. It had to be two or three witnesses. If it was one witness, that's not good. That's of having no witness at all. Deuteronomy 19.15, this is what it says. Deuteronomy 19.15. One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. That is biblical law. The high priest should have known that. The Pharisees should have known that. 
But you see, Paul knows the law. And it's amazing how, again, and I tell you, when the enemy wants to attack, he doesn't play by the rules. He doesn't play nice. He doesn't. He doesn't play nice. He doesn't play by the rules. I know in life we go through so much, and you as a Christian, never be afraid or ashamed of the truth. Never be ashamed, uh, uh, afraid or ashamed of the truth or the evidence. Especially when you're being obedient to God and you're living a, a, a life that glorifies God. Because if you live a life to glorify God, you do things honestly, you know, knowing that God watches you, knowing that if you sin and you do something crooked or whatever, God is the one that's going to judge you. And you don't want to offend God. And if you live that life, it's easy for you not to worry about the laws of the land. If you were to follow God, the truth, and the evidence, then you have to worry about the world and the accusers. For example, IRS is going to audit you. That's serious, right? They're going to audit you. They're going to see how you did your taxes. As a Christian, you should be honest in your taxes. You shouldn't say, well, government has a lot of money. I'm going to try to see if I change this. You know, I fear God. And I always told all my accountants, everyone that did my taxes, you know what? I want to ask, oh, you know, if you no, I don't want to play. I don't even want to find the loopholes because I ain't got no time to be looping. If I loop any loopholes here, I'm going to be looping holes in jail. And I'm, more importantly, I'm going to, you know, fear, you know, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go against my God. And that's a very sensitive topic, especially today in this economy. Especially when you see how the government just throws its money away. Especially when you see how much taxes you pay. But if you're honest, they have nothing against you. If you're honest, then God will honor you. If you're honest, when you go before the Lord, it says, Lord, money is low. I've been honest and faithful with my taxes. I've been honest and faithful in giving you the tithes and offering. I've been honest with my money, a good steward of my money. Lord, this is my situation. God will bless you. He's not going to bless you when you do something wrong with your finances. So that's an example. If you do what's right in God's eyes, you don't have to worry about it. You don't worry to worry. Paul is, I have a clear conscience before God and man. This is what they accuse me of? Wrong. Incorrect. Where are my accusers? Verse 20, he says, or else let those who are here themselves. Now he's talking about these very uh, men here. Say if they found any wrongdoing in me while I stood before the council. In other words, these guys were there. Let's forget about my, my, what they accused me of, of causing riots. These guys, these very men that are standing here, the only thing they could talk about is when I stood before them in the council in the last chapter, remember? In the last chapter, that's the only thing they could talk about. And even there, they found no wrongdoing. They found no wrongdoing while I was even before them. So while I was in, in their council, the last time before the commander sent me to you, Felix, I stood before the council. They found nothing wrong. Let those who are here themselves say if they found any wrongdoing in me while I stand before the council, 21, unless it is for this one statement which I cried out, cried out standing among them, and he did, this is what he said before the Sanhedrin council, that divided the 70 men, divided the Sadducees and the Pharisees, because they don't agree on this when it comes to resurrection. 
He says, I cried out standing among them concerning the resurrection of the dead. I am being judged by you this day. If anything they want to judge me, these men, is concerning the resurrection of the dead. Because I believe in the resurrection of the dead. But more importantly, I believe in the resurrection. Who is the resurrection? Jesus Christ himself is the resurrection. John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, that's only he who believes in me. Though he may die, that's physically, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus is the resurrection. Because no one can rise from the grave and enter into the kingdom of heaven without Jesus Christ. Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father. No man goes to heaven except through me. Not through Buddha, not through Muhammad. It's not pluralism. It's not all roads. There's only one road through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the resurrection. He conquered sin and death. He conquered the grave. And so Paul, at this point, they have nothing against him. I mean, they got nothing else. All they brought was hearsay, flattery, and hearsay, and lies. That's all they did. Paul stood up for the truth. Again, if you are in Christ, don't need to worry about lies. Don't need to worry about flattery. That shouldn't be in the heart of a Christian. If you have to depend on those things, then you need to do some cleaning up. You need to start doing things honestly. You need to start bringing things before the Lord. So when the time comes, you say, nope, I've been doing it honestly. I've been faithful to the Lord. I've been doing things right before God. I have a clean conscience. I could go to bed and not toss and turn at night and wake up in the morning yawning and say, oh, that was a good night's rest. Because I don't have nothing hanging over my head. Verse 22. But when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned the proceedings and said, when Lysus, the commander, comes down, I will make a decision on your case. So he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty and told him not to forbid any of his friends to provide for or visit him. And after some days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jew, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, go away for now. When I have convenient time, I will call you. So Paul is just sharing the gospel. He would call him every now and then. He would share the gospel over and over again. You know, you're calling me. Here you are, leader. I'm not going to, you know, flatter you. I'm not going to say, okay, I don't want to be part of this sect anymore. This is the way. Can you set me free now? I give in. No. You know how many Christians have been persecuted. And no matter knowing that death lies at the door, if they stay and keep the faith, if they don't denounce Christ, you know how many Christians around the world? Again, America doesn't really know what it is to be persecuted. Christians are being persecuted all around the world, third world countries, because of the faith of Jesus Christ. And none of them compromise, and none of, them, none of them give in. They're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're willing to die for Jesus. Here, Paul doesn't care about prison. He doesn't care about the penalties if he's going to be judged, to, you know, falsely accused, and they're going to follow those laws, and, and they're going to kill him. Paul doesn't care. He's sharing the gospel to the man that really can judge, his, could give him the freedom or not. But here's the reason why 
Felix, the governor, did not. He procrastinated a little bit. Well, more than a little bit, he kept them there. Look what it says in verse 26. Meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given to him by Paul, that he might release him. Therefore, he sent for him more often and conversed with him. <laughs> remember remember he, when he heard Paul and said, listen, I just came here and, you know, uh, I came here with money uh, to help the church in Jerusalem. Ching, ching. Really? So he figured, and this is why he, he, he um, ordered uh, the centurion and allowed the centurion to say, listen, if he has friends coming, don't stop them. Because they may be bringing him some money. They may be paying for his freedom, you know. Don't stop them. Let them have guests, you know, whatever. And he sees money. He said, well, he was hoping he would give him some money for his freedom. And Paul is not crooked like that. You see, he has a clear conscience before God and before man. If I'm going to get out of here free, it's going to be done right. I don't have to pay for my freedom because you know what? I'm free anyway through Jesus Christ. Jesus paid for my sins. Jesus has set me free. I don't have to depend on a, a physical jail or prison or being imprisoned by Rome or even from the Sanhedrin Council for that matter. It doesn't matter. I'm free and I'm not going to pay for my freedom even if I had the money. If they're going to let me go, it's going to be honestly God is, my life is in his hands. I have no worries. But here, Paul, you know what's in the back of Paul's head? Remember last week we studied, the Lord said, as you testify for me in Jerusalem, you will also testify for me in where? Rome. He's got to go to Rome, folks. So he knows, uh, you know, this is what Jesus himself taught him, told him. You're going to be in Jerusalem. How many promises do we hold on to? How many promises that God has made in your life that you hold on to? And all of a sudden, the trials and tribulations come, the waves and the wind comes, and all of a sudden, now we forget about the promises of God. Paul knows. Paul knows there's a promise from the Lord. So again, this explains Felix, uh, you know, you know, crooked, you know, you know, way of trying to get money. Verse twenty-seven. But after two years, Fetus. Succeeded Felix, and Felix wanted to do the Jews a favor and left Paul bound. See, Paul didn't pay him. So listen, he ain't paying me. It could be several reasons. Obviously, it says it right there, wanted to do the Jews a favor. Why is he doing the Jews a favor? Could it be the fact that maybe the Jews are paying him money, number one? Could it be the fact that his wife, Drusilla, is a Jew herself? Or it could be politics, that's how politicians play anyway, right? <laughs> all politicians, regardless, Democrat, Republican, Independent, doesn't matter. Libertarians, they all play the game. It's all politics. Paul did not use flattery to persuade Felix to set him free. He didn't pay him, knowing that's how it works, knowing how the system works. Paul was a prisoner, and knowing the heart of Paul, Paul is a prisoner for Christ. He's a prisoner for Christ, and any opportunity he gets, even there in prison, he's going to share the gospel. We're going to, we find in his letters, in his epistles, while in prison, there in Rome, where the Roman soldiers had to be chained to him. A Roman soldier had to be chained to the prisoner. Later on, we're going to see Paul. And what happens? Every six hours, a tour changed. Another Roman soldier came, and every single one of them I won't say everyone, because we don't know, but we know many of them gave their lives to the Lord because they were stuck with Paul. <laughs> they were stuck with Paul. 
Paul didn't care. Can you imagine? The Lord had a plan for one of these Roman soldiers from the very beginning, from the foundation of the earth. God knew you. While you were in your mother's womb, God knew you. He knew, he knew all these centurion soldiers that one day they're going to give their lives to the Lord because they're going to be chained for six hours to an apostle named Paul. Put Paul in prison. What happened? He writes the prison epistles. Paul didn't care where he was. Even when you read Philippians, the book of Philippians, just four chapters, read it. Read it. When you want to be cheerful, when you need to, you need to have joy in your life, read Philippians, the book of joy. The, the incredible thing about that is that the book of joy, Philippians, Paul wrote it when he was in prison. How can you be so joyful when you're in prison? Read Philippians. Keep that in the back of your head. Paul is writing the book of Philippians, the letter to the church of Philippi, when he was in prison. There are 19 references of joy in just four chapters. And this is the kind of man Paul is. And this is an encouragement for you and I, believers in Jesus Christ, regardless of the persecution you're going through, regardless of what they accuse you of. If you live in faith, if you walk by faith, regardless whatever the situation you're in, your surroundings, you, every opportunity God gives you to share the gospel, you share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And count it all joy when they go after you because of your faith. Man, that's awesome. All the saints, when we get to heaven to meet them, they, I just want to know, listen, man, you know, how did you do that? You know, more and more as we read it, find out why, because of Jesus and my love for him. You will be persecuted because you know why? The world hates you. The world hates Christians. The world hates those who stand for righteousness. It's like if you walk into a dark room and you just turn on the lights because you love to be in the light, right? And all of a sudden, like about 100,000 people, you know, turn off that light. <laughs> because you know why? Expose the sin. And there you cheer about Jesus Christ. They don't like it. They don't like it. But be of courage. Be of courage no matter what trials you're going through in life. This is what Jesus said, and I'll leave you with this. Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 to 12. Jesus said, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely. And that's what they did to Paul for my sake. He says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things. You know what? You're in good company because our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they falsely accused him. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they persecuted him. And if you want to be Christians, people of the way, we're not talking about cookie cutter, cupcake Christians. We're talking about real Christians. That's what a Christian is all about. Not by name, by way, the way of life. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Running the Race. Eddie will continue teaching through the book of Acts next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to runningtheraceradio.com. You can also subscribe to the Running the Race podcast at runningtheraceradio.com or search for Running the Race in the iTunes store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to the Running the Race podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. 
So log on to runningtheraceradio.com and subscribe to the Running the Race podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and access the archive of messages, log on to runningtheraceradio.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that running the race is missionary work? It is. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Running the Race. Go to runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Give option in the main menu. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study as Eddie shares insights with us from the book of Acts. That's next time on Running the Race.